0: Got a new thing that is brand new from singer, songwriter, guitarist Brian Ray. Brian has played with many musicians, including Etta James and Paul McCartney. Currently, in addition to playing guitar for Paul McCartney, um, he also has a band called the Bayonets. And now his new single, Got a New Thing. Joining us on Radio Bypass today is Brian Ray. How are you, Brian?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for calling.
0: Oh, no problem, man. I'm glad you were able to take a few minutes to tell us all about your new track.
1: My pleasure, man.
0: And I, and I understand you're uh, currently working on some more new music, so we've got stuff to look forward to in the future, right?
1: Yeah, you sure do. I mean, it's, it's just one of those kind of stay tuned things. I'm always working on something, and it sure is a good way to get through this uh, wild time that we're all in the middle of, you know, uh, having a home studio which is a a, kind of a luxury and a, and a, you know, an outcropping of new technology, digital recording. And uh, you have a very nice quality studio at home, so you can do it at your own leisure.
0: Right, right. And no more having to cut tapes and keep track of tapes. It's kind of nice.
1: That's right. And no getting in the car. I mean, it's all right here.
2: (laughs) Right,
0: right. I hear you. So tell us about, um, you know, let's, I mean, obviously, you've got a lengthy career and done all kinds of cool things. But I'm excited about the new song, um, including your cover that you released as well of Procol Harum's tune. So let's talk about Got a New Thing. How did this song come about?
1: Yeah, well, thanks, man. My new single is called Got a New Thing. And it's on Wicked Cool Records, which uh, you know, but your listeners might like to know that it's a label owned and operated by... Little Steven Van Zandt of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, uh, also of The Sopranos and Lily Hammer fame. Anyway, he's like this amazing guy who's always thirsty for knowledge, and he's a bit of a musicologist. And uh, I just got really lucky that he reached out to me after a long run with the Bayonets, where he played our records on his radio station, which he also runs, called the underground garage and uh great show he started uh, yeah it's so good and he started playing our bayonet stuff he played you know tracks from one album for about two years straight so we got a lot of love from him then and when the bayonets went on hiatus uh, i started to you know look for what i was going to do next when i got a call from wicked cool records steven's label asking if i wanted to do a solo single steel and uh, of course my answer was an immediate yes and that's what i've been busy with and got a new thing is just my most recent single released two weeks ago
0: yes yes and what like what inspired that song though like i love the way the guitar is and and, and the vocals and the chorus uh, you know what what inspired this song
1: well you know i was out at, at, a, at a pad in the desert in Palm Springs, Southern California here, uh, about two hours from where I uh, live in Santa Monica. And my girlfriend and I were there and uh, this pandemic started. And I thought, well, I'm going to need some music to write and record and get fascinated with, because as I said, it's a great way to spend the time. Um, and I started with the lick. Do, 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 You know, it started with that. And then it went into um, writing the the verse chords, and then it came to writing the cool chorus. And I rewrote it. I wanted it to be simpler. And then the lyrics were really inspired by, I don't know. We're in an in an era right now that's uh, it's historical, you know. And yes, I think we're in an era where women and survivors of cults uh, who were victims of coercion and and of abuse in cults are finally being heard and finally having their day in court and i think that the lyric was sort of a that's a very heavy subject but the lyric was written about victims of abuse of any kind finally getting their day in court and watching the perpetrator being walked away in handcuffs Mm -hmm. so in that way it's a celebration of a victory and of a Turning of the page and of uh, vindication.
0: That's cool. That's cool. yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah, every, you know, every time I listened to the track, so that's good to know. That's what you were thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. You know, there's that that, that guy with the Nexium cult, of Keith Raniere. You know, I ended up watching that. There's a documentary on him, and I just thought, you know, finally these guys are getting, you know, getting justice, and. I think that that's what it is. It's a celebration of justice.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, it's a great tune. I love it. It's catchy, too. It kind of sticks in your head. So nice job on the way you wrote that, that it sticks in your brain after a couple of listens.
2: (laughs) Well,
1: that makes me feel good, man. Thanks so much. It's, that's the goal. I mean, it's popular music. Pop music comes from the word popular. It's supposed to be popular and to be popular, I think as a songwriter, I want somebody to be compelled to listen to it again and to learn it and to like they can't get it out of their mind. So if, if you can't get it out of your head, then it's sort of goal achieved for me.
0: Right. Right. Yep. I get it. I get it. And then um, the other single that you've released now is a cover of Whiskey Train from Procol Harum. What made you choose that song?
1: i know that that's wild right it's it's a super deep track from a super cool band now they had one huge hit that everybody knows of called hail right it was a giant hit in around 66 67 somewhere in there uh and i fell in love with the band starting with that single but i it was in a time for albums back then I was really into them and uh, there was a deep track on one of their albums and it was called whiskey Trance, written by the great Robin Trower mm-hmm. who uh, went on to have quite a good solo career after uh, his time with Procol Harem and uh, it was written by uh, Robin Trower, as I said, and Keith Reed, the Procol Harem lyricist. Okay. So what happened was I was approached by a woman named Carla Olson who's an old friend of mine, uh, it's been in the California music scene for many years. And she uh, called me up and said, would I like to participate, do maybe a duet for an album that she's doing with a train theme. And I thought, wow, that's, that sounds exciting. And she gave me some of the ideas and I liked them. And then I said, wait a second, have you ever heard Whiskey Train? And she goes, no. I said, I'll send it to you. So I sent her the song. She says, that's rocking. And I said, would you be willing to sing that one if I did a track? And she goes, yeah. So I did, and she did, and here it is. You know,
0: that's awesome. I love that story. Yeah, I was. I, I love that track too. And you know, a lot of times with covers, I still always prefer the original in most cases. Even though yeah. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll respect a cover, but mostly I always prefer the original. But I gotta tell you, the way you did this track, I I I, I think I like it better than the original. <laughs>
1: well, that's awfully nice. You know, this is a song, it just has a killer, brutal, tough guitar riff, and that's the main part of the song. And uh and when I went to go do it, I listened to the original record and it's great as I remembered it. It's incredible. Everyone plays great on the original recording of uh Pro Call Harem, but I thought maybe we could do some things to write some more hooks, some more cool parts we call them hooks, the things that you keep singing and keep reaching for when you listen to a record over and over again right So we came up with some um, ah whiskey train you know we came up with uh, these sort of refrains that aren't in the original so we wanted it to make it just a little bit bigger of an imprint and maybe a little bit more hooky if, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think it sounds great. And maybe part of it too is today's recording technology versus that, how things sound too. But, um, but the track just knocked me over when I heard that. I was like, wait, is it? and I didn't, I didn't realize this broken here. song at first. And I started hearing it and I'm like, wait, I know this song, you know? And, um, but then I, then I went back and listened to the original and I, I got to say, I kind of like this one better.
1: <laughs> That's awfully nice, man. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's a great deep track, classic rock. And we tried to sort of modernize it a bit, but, um, you know, also great drumming from Eric Eldenius who plays with Billy Idol, who played all of that cowbell on whiskey train, more cowbell than you could use up in a year It's it's all in one (laughs) song. (laughs) uh, Christopher Walken would probably even say, that's enough cowbell.
0: (laughs) I I figured you'd go there. I love that. That's funny. Now, Now you mentioned being a big fan of Procol Harum. Was Robin Trower an influence for you to pick up the guitar? Was that somebody that you tried to emulate when you were starting out?
1: sure. You know, he's not one of the guys that made me pick up guitar. I was already playing in my high school band by the time he came around, because yes, I'm a little older than some of your audience (laughs) members. But uh, yeah, so he was just one of the many guitar players that I really admired. And I used to try and emulate his tone because he had this great saturated tone I'm gonna to get really nerdy if you let me so uh I'll back away from guitar <laughs> tones <for a> <laughs> so in the weeds for your listeners but yeah he's just one of many it was for me it was Jeff Beck Mick Taylor uh Keith Richards Jimmy Eric you know it's all all those guys hey right. and then I went back and discovered the blues guys that they got their chops from you know mm-hmm. whether whether it's um Buddy Guy or Albert King, Freddie King, you know,
0: Muddy Waters, Bobby
1: King. Uh, all of those guys were huge influences on me when I discovered them after yeah. discovering the British uh, emulators.
0: Yeah. hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm in Chicago and um, my education of the Chicago blues came that way, too, even though I grew up here. So <laughs> I had to go back and learn about them after those guys as well. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Wild, man. Well, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a an apprenticeship, you know, those are the guys that came before us and you know, I just been, I guess lucky that other people have found my um, desire and my excitement over rock and roll, blues, rhythm and blues and American music, British music that have found my, you know, my guitar playing useful to them like Etta or like Paul or like Smokey Robinson or, you know, uh, any of these other people that I've gotten a chance to play with, you know, it's just right. We're just passing along the uh, the desire and the love that we picked up as kids, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you have had a very interesting career. Um, I guess that's a good segue into Etta James. So you you were with her for over a decade, right?
1: Yeah, I played with Etta and was her musical director for over 15 years. But then I went on to record with her, write with her, and uh, uh, collaborate with her for another 15 after that. So we were together for quite a long time.
0: How many many of her records did you appear on?
1: Geez, that's a good question.
0: Uh, I, I know you were on Deep in the Night, right? if I yep, remember deep correctly,
1: in, deep in the night produced by Jerry Wexler, who produced, uh, you know, respect for, for, uh, Aretha, for Aretha. Um, also on a, an album that preceded that called Etta is better. Maybe it's called Etta is better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, we did, um, yeah, I, I, did some more recording with her after that, and then she sang on my album, my first solo album called Mondo Magneto on a song called Soft Machine, and she just tore it up. It was great. Then I sang on, I played on one of hers, I think it was Sticking to My Guns, or one of her blues albums, I, I did a The Sky is Crying with her. So we we kept working together for many years.
0: Got it. Well, that's good that's good and that was kind of your first like really major type gig right
1: that was my big breakthrough gig that's right i started with uh bobby boris pickett doing the monster bash at, like six flags over texas and were you on the yeah. recording and no, no no i'm not quite that old but uh thank you very <laughs> much <laughs> adding a decade. Well, you know, you
0: could have been three when you started. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I could have been, I I wanted to start when I was three. I just didn't quite have it together. My hands weren't big enough yet. Right. Uh, But yeah, we had, Oh, there's one other one. There's, I keep forgetting this. I was a co-producer on a live album of hers called live from San Francisco. It's also sometimes uh, called hard to handle. Uh, and it's a great live album. We recorded in about 80 or 80, about 81.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's really good. Uh, that came out in the nineties and, uh, has been relicensed a few times. That's a really good one. It's got a great version of a live version of take it to the limit on it. Mm.
0: The, the, the Eagles tune, right?
1: Yeah. That, that was
0: on deep in the night originally. Yeah. Yeah interesting i'll have to look for that I, i'm not familiar with that record i gotta be honest
1: oh yeah she sings so good on it
0: that's very cool yeah deep in the night is the one that i you know that i listen to again and again that one i know pretty well but uh, the rest of her catalog i'm a little sketchy on
1: <laughs> yeah that's a good one that has uh only women bleed her version of the song uh of uh alice, alice Cooper. Cooper. Yeah,
0: that's what attracted me to it because I was a huge Alice Cooper fan. That's why I checked that album out and ended up buying it.
1: Yeah, it's also got another version of I'd Rather Go Blind on it. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a very good record. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very good. And on that album, we're, we're, um, I know you played slide guitar, in it, but did, were you on all the tracks?
1: No, I played on about four tracks and worked with Jerry Wexler over at Cherokee Studios on Fairfax with the Rob brothers who owned the place. Mm-hmm. Great, great memories, yeah. And I think a great engineer named Joe Ciccarelli was the second engineer. Ah, oh, just fabulous times.
0: I bet. So did you get, my my big question on that too is when well, I was asking if you played on all the tracks, were you in the studio at the same time as Jeff Pecorro?
1: No, but he did play on it as well as Larry yeah. Carl. I was in there doing overdubs. So you know your audience might know, might may or may not know that terminology, but uh, that's when you come in after the recording, the tracks have been laid down, and you do things on top of it. And uh, we've been doing that since pop records and rock records have been have been going since the very earliest days. We've been overdubbing on top of things.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I was just curious because he was, you know, he was such an excellent drummer. So I was just curious if you got to see him lay that down.
1: (laughs) No doubt about it. The Procaro family, amazing. It's Steve Procaro and Joe Procaro, their dad. And yeah, just an amazingly talented family.
0: Yes, for sure. For sure. And then um, I got to ask you the big question that everybody, I mean, everybody, of course, that I grew up with, everybody wanted to play with a Beatle. How did you uh, hook up with Paul McCartney? That's huge.
1: Well, I was one more kid that wanted to play with a Beatle. So it's just the weirdest and wildest thing. But I ended up playing with him. And the, the way that happened was I had a gig in France playing with this guy named Johnny Halliday, who was big, big French star. We lost him a couple of years ago. Uh, and he's sort of like the Elvis of France uh, anyway. I was playing over there, and the, dr- the drummer in the Johnny Halliday's band was none other than Abe Laboreal Jr. When uh, Abe called to say he wasn't going to make the next tour, I said, well, why? And he goes, well, because I'm doing it now with Paul McCartney. And I said, well, I can understand that. Yeah,
0: that's a good reason, yep. And the uh,
1: next time I saw him, I asked if he would be uh, touring with Paul and what was going on next. And he said, uh, yeah, we're – thinking about it well who's gonna play guitar when he plays bass and then what switch to bass when he plays guitar and piano and he goes that's a good question we're looking for a guitar player who plays bass and I shot my right hand up in the air and I said I'd love a shot at that and uh, he put my name forward and next thing you know uh, I got a call from his producer Uh, met with his producer he put my name forward and I was on a plane the next day to go play. My audition was a Super Bowl, 2002.
0: No way. Really? Yeah. Wow. That had to be nerve wracking.
1: It was nerve wracking. I just kind of like just try to mind my own business and, and play my
0: part. (laughs) I hope you had a good amount of lead time to prepare for that.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I was nervous. I walked around, New Orleans, I remember like for four hours thinking, if I just burn off some of this extra nerves, I'll be fine. Of course, I was still nervous, but I did my best.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, because you're still uh, working with the man all these years later, right? Yeah, right. Go figure. I mean, it says a lot about him that he's uh,
1: loyal enough to keep calling us back, to call me back to be a part of his. Incredible touring band, it's and recording band. We've done several albums together now.
0: Right. the The most recent studio one uh, was Egypt Station, I think. Right. That's right. Uh, that would yeah. have been the last one. And you and you 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 played on you played on that whole album, didn't you?
1: Uh, yeah, sure did. And the previous one called New. Uh, yeah, and the one before that, and part of the one before that, and then I guess all of his live albums too for the last. Several years.
0: Right. Right. What was that like for you when you when you got when you when you knew, okay, I'm gonna play with Paul McCartney? Was it uh beside the nerve wrackingness of oh my god, my first gigs at the freaking Super Bowl? I mean, w- yeah, you know, were you nervous and you know, how did you feel going in like I'm gonna work with Paul freaking McCartney? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I went ahead and told people I was doing that it was just one song for the Super Bowl before the National Anthem was sung in 2002. Mm -hmm. We came back later and did the halftime show in, I guess it was 04 or 05. But anyway, um, I was so excited to do that one song, but I didn't want to tell people that I was going on tour with Paul because I didn't know that yet. He told me, you know, I'll see you back in L.A., we're going to rehearse for the tour. But since I'd only played one song with him, I didn't really believe it yet. So I didn't want to tell people and then be disappointed. So right. I waited until uh it was like 6 weeks after the Super Bowl we did our first rehearsal and at the end of the rehearsal he says, "Okay, God, sounds great. See you tomorrow." And that's when I thought, "Oh my god. I think I'm going on tour with Paul McCartney." <laughs> that's when I started to tell people it's a wild,
0: it's awesome
1: story. Yeah.
0: And and had COVID not hit, wasn't there, was it, was it this year? Or am I thinking of last year? Wasn't there going to be a tour this year?
1: There was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Of course, COVID changed uh, many people's plans, didn't it?
0: It sure did yeah sure did it's been one heck of a lousy year for a lot of things
1: (laughs) no doubt about it yeah
0: but we're still alive so you know gotta be count our blessings too but yeah it's been a rough year for sure but yeah i thought i remember i thought there was a tour for this year i I get confused sometimes I, i read so many things about who's hitting the road but i thought i remembered a tour for for sir paul this year
1: yeah that's right yeah well you know we hope to get back to it but uh Yeah, there's no way of uh, booking stadiums and arenas. I mean, you you can't hire, you know, security and, you know, food vendors and travel and airlines. It's all a mess. So it'll be a little while before we can get back to it. But I'm confident that we're going to get back to it uh, as soon as we get a reliable vaccine uh, going and a high participation in that vaccine, then, then we can get back to rocking out as long as people just do the very simple things to help one another right. stay safe.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. There's not much we can do till that happens. That's for sure. All right, right. Well, Brian, I am so glad that, uh, you were able to stop by and, and fill us in here and we're going to wrap this interview up by playing your other track, the whiskey song that we talked about. Um, great stuff. I can't wait to hear more. And I know you're, uh, like you said, always creating and working on new stuff. So hopefully we'll hear more new music from you soon.
1: You and- will indeed. And as I say, just stay tuned because there's always something going on. I got to stay busy, you know. <laughs>
0: I hear you. I hear you. It helps keep your mind off of the very things we were just talking about. So
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, it's the one beautiful escape, isn't it?
0: Yes, definitely. Music soothes the soul, I always say. Can't live without it.
1: It does indeed. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, stay stay in touch, okay?
0: Will do. Thank you so much, Brian. You have a great rest of the day.
1: You're welcome, man. Talk to you later.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have my conversation with Mr. Brian Ray yesterday. What a great guy, great musician, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, bassist, Does all kinds of things. He's worked with all kinds of people throughout his career. I mean, we didn't even mention half of the people he's worked with, I don't think, during this interview. But uh, great guy, great musician. We did not mention I Don't Believe, where you can get the new single. I know it's in iTunes. It's probably available anywhere you download music. But to be sure, you can always visit BrianRay.com. I'm sure he'll have all the links and all the pertinent information available at his website. But right now I want to wrap up this interview by playing this other song that we talked about that he just released, the Procol Harem tune, Whiskey Train. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you enjoyed the interview. We'll talk to you soon. Here's Brian Ray with Whiskey Train.